fly ball out to deep right center field. Taylor at the wall, looking up. Goodbye! A go-ahead three-run homer from Kevin Biggio. And the Blue Jays have a 7-6 lead. Blind squirrel meat nut. What? Just saying. Gavin Biggio's three-run home run yesterday. That was the call. Uh, ben Wagner with the call. Gavin Biggio's three-run home run. I mean, if you're gonna if if you're gonna insist on starting a show with something to poke fun at me, then don't be surprised not, when not, I come back. You do realize that not everything that we do on this show is about you. You do you do realize that or no? This is more about Kevin because you know Kevin's had some ups and downs offensively. Mm. And for him to get a 2-0 heater, center cut, and for him to get, you know, let's air quote that thing, the biggest hit of the season. Oh. Because you're about to get swept by the Twinkies. The Twinkies, who were at 500. Yeah, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. So I, that's why I let it have nothing to do with you. Oh, I, 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 I promise. Yeah, There's I did not have one something time whenever I was talking to Boffo and said, lead with that was I thinking of you. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I, okay? I, just because you know that. Huh? For some reason, again, I, I have not, I have, I have nothing against, <clears throat> nothing against Kevin Vigio. Other well, you than said I, blind squirrel, so I, obviously I you do. Other than <laughs> I couldn't figure out why we, he was on the roster for the first, you know, eight well, weeks everybody of the was. season. Well, we know why. Anyhow, the Jays beat the Minnesota Twins seven six yesterday, wrong you. preventing themselves from being swept by the Twins. Uh, and John that would have been fired today. I mean, that's obviously oh, what would happen. He would not. <laughs> Good what? God. Swept by the Twinkies. Kidding me at home? <laughs> They're the first place Twinkies, are they not? First place in the Central? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't count. You can't even say that out loud. Well, they're 33 and 33. Face. They're only four you games. They're, they're, it's, it's, not, it's not like the Jays are running. It's The Jays are 37 and 30. Like, it's not like they're, they're a juggernaut compared to the Okay, Twins. what do you think the Jays' record would be in that division instead of the American League East? Say you're sorry. <laughs> Maybe apologize. Maybe forty-seven, apologize. And twenty-three. Something so their like record that. forty-four be... and twenty-three, something like that. Eleven over, maybe a little more. I don't know. But anyhow, huh. um, so the Jays won seven-six yesterday. They have today off. They've got an intriguing road trip coming up, mm-hmm. starting tomorrow. Intriguing. <laughs> intriguing, intriguing, starting tomorrow yeah. in Baltimore against the Orioles. Who, frankly, they just don't care. They they just don't care anymore. The Orioles don't care anymore who they're playing, and then you go on to. To, uh, to face Are the Orioles the third the best team Rangers. in the American League? Third best team. Might be the second best. Oh, they're better than the Rangers? Might be. Wow. Might be. Uh, I mean, the Rangers lineup is awfully uh, is awfully good. I'd say they're... Nah, I'd go with the Rangers still. I'd I'd still go with the You'd Rangers. have to think about it, though, a little, wouldn't you? Just a little. Yeah, yeah, oh, you yeah without question. Not yeah. a slam dunk. Oh, I'll put it this way. Are they better than the Astros? Yep. Jays? Yep. Yankees? Yes. I mean, there's no question they're better than the Jays, the Yankees, or the Red Sox. That's just not even a, it's not even a question anymore. How many, how many, how many players on the Jays start for the Orioles? Third baseman, the shortstop, the second baseman, sure the first the baseman, the center fielder, uh, the right fielder. Right mm. there, I just named just seven. Mm, I don't know. I, I just named just seven. I don't know about that. I think the Orioles are a better team. Certainly, they're well, not better, saying they're not a better because they have a better certain, record. Certainly, they have a better they have a better bullpen. 
than the Jays. I mean, that's, that's fair, too. Question. That's fair. Yeah. Um, anyhow, the way they're hitting right now, I'm not entirely certain all those Jays players you mentioned would uh, would be there ahead of the ahead of the Orioles players. Anyhow, nonetheless, uh, the Jays will go to Baltimore to start a three-game series tomorrow night, and um, then it's off to Texas. Uh, I mean, I, I, I almost was going to say I, I'm not entirely certain how the Jays won the game yesterday. Well, I do know why they won it. Kevin, you know, or Kevin Biggio hit that that home run, that 423-foot home run. Mm. Uh, Kevin Gossman, six runs and seven hits, four walks, four and two-third innings. Four strikeouts. I, I've got to tell you, this is like the second time this year I've said that as good as Kevin Gossman has been, his ability, I didn't think he's going to make it four and two-thirds yesterday. Yeah, it didn't look like it, did it? It looked like that one game he had last June, if you remember. I think it was also against Minnesota, an afternoon game, where he just couldn't get, it's like he couldn't get anybody that out. That was more about the Twins than Kevin yesterday, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, look, for whatever reason... The Twins have a good approach against Kevin Gossman. This is a team that strikes out a lot. Yesterday they were. Uh, yesterday they were. They had some. For a team that strikes out a lot, they had some very, very, very comfortable, comfortable takes against his splitter, which of course leads to well, you know, maybe they've picked up something on Gossman. Or I, I tend to, to go with you, frankly. I I think that uh, more than anything else, um, he just didn't have a very good day pitching and you know what why don't we uh why don't we play john john uh schneider's clip on um on on kevin gossman uh he was asked john schneider the manager of the blue jays was asked about uh about kevin gossman and again his uh four and two-thirds innings and he had to work his way through four and two-thirds innings yesterday by the way even with that he still got 117 punch outs that's the most through the first 14 games of a season uh of a season of franchise history roger clements had 105 in 1997 this was john schneider when asked about kevin gossman it wasn't his best day locating with everything basically they had you know they've they've approached him well before um and make him kind of work a little bit more than some of their teams it seems like but um, you know, double plays helped him. It just wasn't really, I think it was a good approach and, you know, not Kev's best day. Um, but our defense, I think, behind him really played well. Yeah, shout out to the defense. Three double plays in the first four innings. I mean, that really did save him some pitches and get him get him out of trouble. And again, I, I mentioned this about Kevin Gossman. The mark, the mark of an ace to me mm. is a dude who can still give you a chance when you don't think he's got a chance. I swear to you, I watched that yesterday. I didn't think he's going to make it out of the third inning. I didn't think he's going to make it out of the third inning. Now, yeah. let's talk about the Twins. How does that happen? They were bad pitches. Like it, it, His first inning and his last inning were the two worst innings. Mm-hmm. The bunched up between there were Kevin Gossman innings. Like yeah. it, that, that's sort of the way it looks, right? Is yep. that's why I have an issue with the the tipping of the pitch thing. I, it's just every once in a while you got, even though it's the Twinkies who strike out a bazillion times. Well, every, every once in a while, a dude split finger don't break. He's got a you got a 50-50 chance of getting this thing right. Maybe, maybe because of where those pitches were thrown and where they're looking. 
They were looking down. You could see that. Like, you could tell they were looking down. I mean, it's I'm the old thing if it's low, let it go. Street. If it's high, let it fly. But why would you against Kevin? Like, if I got any chance whatsoever. I'm not hit a splitter. Not, uh, well, maybe he throws a bad one like he did in the first inning. Mm-hmm. May, I, if I, he's an elite pitcher right now. Like, when that thing's working and he's throwing as hard as he's been throwing. Like, he was throwing hard yesterday, too. Like, the, the velocity was there. So, every once in a while, I know this stuff. And this is tough because everybody, mm-hmm. you know, every khaki wants to throw their hands in the air and say, oh, he's tipping pitches. And I'm sure they've been just digging into that, trying to figure that out. And maybe he was. That's not what I saw. I saw a team have a decent approach and him make bad pitches and they made him pay for it. Yeah. That's what happens in the big leagues. The uh, Jays made a made a roster move before the game yesterday. We got to talk about Saturday's game and and, uh, and and some of the well the way that game unraveled. But the Jays ended up calling up Thomas Hatch uh, yesterday, sending uh, Bowden Francis down. And um, mm, I like him, Francis. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that. No, I want to talk about that in a minute. But uh, Nate Pearson, uh, you know, I was going there. Nate Pearson got the win yesterday. I mean, we saw, what did we see, 102? We saw 102 from Nate Pearson. Now, I know you're going to say it's the Twinkies. Yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I think we're past this. Early on, it was warranted for me to say what I was saying. We Mm -hmm. have not seen this consistently. No chance you're giving him the ball in the seventh or eighth inning with a runner on second base. Not a chance. This Nate Pearson, absolutely consistently thrown as hard as he is, and the decent... Stealing strikes with the secondary pitches and occasionally can eliminate you with one of them. That, that's all he has to do. Doesn't have to be great with that. Just don't flip it and throw it down the middle. If you can do that and maintain that velocity, not 102, obviously, but it's nice occasionally, mm-hmm. right? To well, a really got good it, it's hitter. nice to show it. When you, when you got a little, I know, I know you like fastballs, but I got a good one and I'm going to still throw it to you because I can. Absolutely, it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah. So no longer will I come on here and say that. You notice every time I say something, I just don't make it up when I say it. I know. Like, I've had enough conversations with people, and I've seen enough, you know, spin doctors and those kind of things. You're spin happy. Why do you think the pitching coach has to run out there, you know, Petey with his hand over his mouth and go, hey, you throw 102. How about we see that? And when you see it, look how it looks. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, right? You have conversations, and now all of a sudden, you don't see him peeking in the dugout as much anymore. You notice that, too? Mm-hmm. Like, you be your own man standing out there. You throw really hard, you're a big dude. Stand out there with authority. So, yeah, absolutely. He also says something you to love himself. That. You got to love that. Yeah, I think I'd he, like to know what he's saying. Well, I can tell you what he says, but you can't say it on live radio. But you, you've seen it too, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you, you know what that tells you? That tells you he's more worried about getting that dude out. And I hate that dude. Yeah. And he's taking dinner off my table than worrying about mechanics and yeah. release point and when I raise my leg, where am I standing on the rubber? I don't care anymore. I yeah. throw 102. It's awesome to see, absolutely. And with the way Adam Samber looks, I mean, I don't know about you, but the way this is wind time, I think we've seen well, enough of Adam Samber. Yeah, we got to talk about Saturday's game. Um, but some could say that's John's fault. Well, okay, I that that's I was going to ask you about that. Now, John and John did kind of say that he he essentially kind of admitted admitted that he sort of left his bullpen a little short uh, after that game. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to, I don't know where to go with okay, that. I mean, me- I I almost I almost prefer to start talking about Saturday's game. This is going to sound really silly, 
But I almost, because I, and I know it, it, it was a loss. I mean, I just, people in social media were just, I, they were, you know, they, they were beside themselves about that, about that particular loss. But I want to start first and foremost talking about uh, Bowden Francis because I saw enough there. I saw enough there. What? I give that mind? dude. I give that dude. I give that dude a chance. Well, I understand. Here. I understand why they sent him down. But yeah, they had to do, because you needed oh, yeah. somebody. In, you know, as Buck said, you needed somebody in case Gossman takes a liner off the knee or something. Like uh, yeah, that. I guess. I, but but I, it's not Bowden I, Francis's fault that somebody takes a liner off the kneecap. Like well, that's no, not but, his fault. No, I mean but he's, he's, still, he's got ninety eight with a big yeah, gap. But you still need you need somebody there. I guess you need somebody there to provide Thomas coverage. Hatch is okay, right? It's it's controlling the zone. Yeah, I mean, it's Thomas it's not Hatch being afraid to, to throw. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I I guess, but it's it's for for me especially when your team is where they're at and the expectations were so high, every time a manager makes a move that will go, uh-oh, and then he brings in a guy that's like, uh-oh, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You want to point your finger at it. This is what I said. I think the Adam Simber thing, right, the trickery, we talked about this forever last year. It's impossible to have back-to-back years with trickery. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I don't know, but I, really I, I, I well, he's tricking. He's trying mean, to trick people from down there. That, Kevin. that means the location. I, he looks like he's impossible. throwing a little bit harder. The spin's not as great as it was last year. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, Release point and doing all the things he needs to do. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I wouldn't say it's impossible. Okay, Good how's God, it, Darren, how's it looked? Well, Darren O'Day had a career doing it. You're making it sound like like nobody's ever okay. done what he's doing. Darren O'Day had a career out of it. Okay, if you're John, you bringing him in a big spot. No. Well, there you not, go then. No, well, hang on. No, not now. But as as long as I have him in my bullpen in that situation, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I think John's not an idiot. Me. I'm sure there are reasons for doing it. Not me. I'm leaving the starter any longer. Well, we can't. You, you're going to leave Trevor Richardson for four innings? No, I'd leave Francis in for another inning. He went two and a two-thirds or whatever it was. He's throwing 98 with a big yacker. I mean, you give up a hit and you got to take him out. I mean, again, this is scripted stuff, right? I mean, I, I know everybody wants to yell and scream at John, but this is what this is about, right? How many times you can face the meat of the order, no matter what, no matter how good that dude looks, you just don't want to have to answer the question to the GM after the game. Like, this is sort of what it comes down to, right? Right or wrong? Because I was yelling at the TV screen like you were. Like most people were. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Why are you bringing him in? Leave him out there. Look how he looks. Why you, Why don't you let him face? Like these are, it's win time. So this is, just goes, if you want to be a big league manager, you know, it's part of, it's, it goes with the territory. And I, this is what I said, like sort of this part of the year, you start eliminating what you can't go to. Just don't give him that option. This is my point about the people, like Adam Simbers of the world. Like the, I know it's he was really good last year, but maybe he's not going to be really good this year. Yeah, I, that's I, all. I, I think though, did we discover something with Richards and Francis? You know, we, we're gonna you're gonna have to have cover. You're gonna have to have cover for for Alec Manoa, probably for another month and a half, two months, maybe longer. I two no, months might be strong. Okay, month and a half. Mitch White. I mean. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, are you going to go out and add somebody? I, I mean, I don't know about that. It's a little early to make that. It's a little early to make that trade, and I'm not certain. I really want to. I, I really want to give someone away, and then have Alec Manoa come back. And now I've given something away, and I got a guy who's basically my sixth starter, or, or something like that. Um, I think maybe I try to use the off days and try to use Richards and Francis as a way of as, as, as a way of 
given Gossman and 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 Bassett a, maybe a little blow every now and then, a little extra, a little extra breather. The problem with that though is they too, may not have that option though. Well, and the problem yeah. with that too is Trevor Richards has been so good for me this year. I can I afford to use him in one game and then not have him for two? I I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, sh- it showed its ugly head because of, of that spot with Adam Simber. That would be Richards. Yeah, if Richards hadn't started. Well, that's what I'm. That's if Richard that's, had that's no your point. Correct. Yeah. That's your point. So maybe you would just figure that out, right? Against certain teams, maybe you don't do that against the Twinkies. Yeah. Let somebody else pitch that. So later in the game, higher leverage. Maybe I let Richards do it instead of the opening thing. I, man, it's like you, you, you know, armchair quarterback kind of thing, right? You're you're sitting here because it looks so good when Richards is there. Bowden Francis looked like he looked. Where'd the '98 come from? Like I, I mean, that's good stuff. He's a giant human. I mean, he's got serious tilt. It, you could tell it's getting on hitters. They really don't know, you yeah, know where to start. And sometimes I almost little, think a life to it. I almost nice. sometimes I almost think that one of the things that does bother me about the way stuff is scripted is sometimes you got to take into account that in that particular day, that. That dude may have the best stuff he's ever going to have. No question. That's well right? said. Oh, I, like, no it question. Just, it, 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 you can't explain that. It happens. We've seen it happen before. I mean, you just don't know. Their pitchers are human beings, and it just may be that sometimes. Track record says this, but today, boy, you seeing what I'm seeing, man. Yeah, and sure don't look like the track record. Exactly. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, and, and you know, let's see how far it goes. And would, if, I, would I rather run out Francis or bring in Adam Simber? That's what you have to ask yourself. When you're taking one away, yeah, you well, have to ask yourself, is the one I'm bringing in better than the one I just took away? What I gives wondered, me a better chance? I wonder, too, if maybe the success that Richards... I mean, I hate to say this, but I wonder if the success that Richards and Francis had kind of kind of caused John to maybe tear up the really? script a bit. Like you know that, what I mean? Yeah, it, like, it really worked. This isn't... Yeah, this isn't... This <laughs> yeah. isn't I got to... You know, where's my pocket to use Simber? You know, but you got to adapt and overcome, right? Like yeah. you got to do some things. I I don't know. I, I that mean, loss, this, that loss, was hard to watch. That loss was hard to watch. It really, and was. you know what? It's one of those losses. And I'll be very careful the way I say this, but it's one of those losses that when people sit down and analyze the type of year a manager had, that's one of those losses where you hear "remember." Dot 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 dot. That it it, it, ju- it just is. It is. It, it, it just you, is. You always hear too teams, talented teams like the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have lots of talent, right? So, uh, some of the guys aren't living up to their potential, but they got tons of talent. You think coming into the season, just on talent itself, eighty-eight wins. I'd just run this team out here, write the name in the batting order, stick the dude on the mound, bring in my closer. I'm going to win eighty-eight games. It's up to the manager and all everybody else. To win five or six games, that's to your point, right? But yep. it comes back to me for one guy. Like, the the Vladdy thing now is not funny anymore. Like, the, yeah, I did a little dig. Every, oh, here we go. Well, yeah, every, go ahead. No, every give time, me your Vladdy numbers. Go no, ahead. no, every time, every for me anyway, I know there's numerous ways you can dig into what a good hitter is. For me, it's total basis. At the big league level, the way you're facing power, the way they don't, there's no fastball counts, the way... You don't face the starter a whole ton, right? You're getting him two times, and then yeah. it's a plethora of arm angle and, and velocity and breaking balls, and they're trying to punch you out. They don't care if they walk you, that kind of approach. Vladdy, the last 11 games, this is 41 at-bats, has 16 total bases. That's in June. Mm. That's not good. That's awful. Like, I mean, the, 
the reality of having a serious conversation with him now has come right now. Well, and he is 30. I'm just going to give yeah, you yeah. In ahead. total basis, he is 33rd in baseball with 112. Bo is third with 146. Freddie Freeman's first with 154. That's the point is, right? It's the consistency of the bad at bat. How much do we blame that? Because you talk about elite hitters, you talk about everything that comes with that. An elite approach, elite mindset, elite mechanics, elite ability to, during an at-bat, make that quick adjustment where you step out and you say, I did that out there. I know how to correct it. Why are we not seeing it? Is it all his fault? Or is it the approach that every time you, it's just odd. That every time he sees a certain pitch in a certain zone, he swings at it. And he does the exact same thing. Roll over to the left side of the infield. Why is that? I, that for me until... They do have a hitting strategist. It's weird, right? It's just, I, for me, it's not mechanical. I mean, sometimes whenever you're swinging at things you shouldn't be swinging at, the very first thing, I went through this. Every hitter that you ever talk to goes through the exact same thing that everybody else goes through, that whenever you start expanding your zone, the first thing you think of, oh, it's mechanical. I got to go in and fix this. I got to, you know, fly in people and do all these things. To It's just the fruition. It ain't working and my hands are dropping too low. It's not that for me because you want to know why when he gets a ball that's a little away from him and it's a little elevated, you see how hard he hits the baseball. And then you see when he swings at everything else, how it looks just right now, for whatever reason, he doesn't like the ball in consistently. He just doesn't like it. This is what I just don't understand it. Like to be the way we talk about him with everything that goes around the approaches and and what's expected from Vladdy and the consistency of just not good. It's confusing to me. Well, he hasn't hit a home run at the Rogers Center this year, we know. He's had 17 multi-hit games this year. He had a couple of singles. Um, and, and, and John Schneider moved him into uh, the, cleanup spot. the cleanup spot as a result of Brandon Bell. I would have flip-flopped that. Injury. I would have put him in a two-hole because he's trying to hit. You, right now, you'd rather make him think up the middle the other way instead of trying to pull homers. Yeah. That's the first thing you do, right? When the ball's not coming off the bat, backspin, you're not hitting homers, you try and pull it. Everybody's power's to the pull side. Now, he's got a little bit of power right center. If he stays down and through it and has the big finish and is on time and swinging at the right pitch, all those kind of things. Right now, why wouldn't you want him to have short to it and long through it? And the only way you're going to do that is to get the mindset back to stop trying to hit homers. Stay up the big part of the field and maybe hit and clean. Clean Cleanup's clean up. not a good it's way to like see it. It's the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, that's just me. Uh, listen, That's I, all. I mean, I, there's, I guess there's no right way to do this. And, and the only thing I could the at only, least they're trying. Well, it's more about belt. If you yeah. want to be honest well, about it, right? Also, He's a better hitter right now than Vladdy is. Yeah, and I think it's also about Bo, too. Probably so. You're exactly Bo right. Bo's hitting second. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, and I, I, the thing with Brandon Belt, I, I, with all due respect to Brandon Belt, dude's got multiple rings. I get that. But when I'm running the payroll, the Jays are running. I shouldn't miss Brandon Belt in my lineup. I think they're begging with Vladdy. Like you're, they're, I, I, they're I, begging. I, I get that, but yeah, at, at, Brandon Belt should not be that important to this lineup. He just shouldn't. Well, be. He is right now when Vladdy's not hit. 
And when Matt Chapman's going through the month that's that he funny, had, although, that's although funny Chapman did that. get that two-run home. May and June, he said 27 hits in 38 games. Oof. That's Barker-esque. Oof. I mean, I know he hit a homer. Good for him. And that was right down the middle. So, you know, it's, it's getting the front foot down on time and being able to feel the barrel. You can tell that when he steps out. It's like he just forgotten where it's at because the, it's sort of like he's swinging Not, uphill. Yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, he's going through it. And when he's going through it, everybody else needs to step it up. And nonetheless, there's only one person and maybe sometimes George Springer. Nonetheless, in the mind of all-star voters, Amazing, right? Things are just swell with Vladdy. Vladdy's leading the American League in voting at first base. Who's at third base, too? Matt Chapman is leading at third base. Now, it's close against Josh Jung. Uh, Bo Bichette's... Just give it to him right now. He's got double the lead He's over... earned it. ...over, uh, over Corey Seager. And uh, Whit Merrifield... And this is fun. Like, I love fan voting. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of fan voting. It's all, about, it's all about the fans. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. Whit Merrifield is in th- third place in the, in the second base voting. Yeah. Um, he's got, I mean, Marcus Semyon is way, 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 way leading that. Again, almost double over Jose Altuve. But there you go. Uh, three Blue Jays. Although Vladdy's, I mean, Yandy Diaz is second. Now, this is what's going to happen because it's easy to vote the all-star balloting and there are going to be a whole ton of people that are going to vote vote their five times every day and they're all across the country they're going to vote for vladdy so um you know bo's going to the all-star at least they're voting yeah but i'd only vote for one of those people you just mentioned only one yeah but that's fine that that's yeah that's good for for them you want to vote for them vote for them it's it's about who it's about who you uh it's about who you want to see in the game at least you want to watch who you want to see in the game about but uh yeah vladdy is uh Leading at first base, it's close with the Andy Diaz, who frankly would be my choice. Uh, absolutely. Uh, second base, Marcus Simmons. I got no problem with that. Third base. I mean, I don't know. Third base, it's the top five are Chapman, Young, Devers, Bregman, Rendon. <laughs> Rendon. Shortstop. You know, you what? know what I do? Shortstop, Bichette, Seeger, Franco, and Pena. I'd move one of those suckers over to third base. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and have them and have them go there. But anyhow, that's where we are. Those are the uh the first round of all-star voting is out. And uh I'd be willing to bet that the Jays will be represented in the all-star game by Bichette. I think Vladdy's gonna go. I think Romano's gonna go and Gossman's probably gonna go. Bassett that would be. No. Mm. No. No, I don't think I don't think Bassett makes it. There's but again, you get into things where guys don't go, guys get hurt. I, sure. I mean, we've seen this. We've we've seen this before. But I would think, I would think right now that Gossman is a slam dunk as one of the starting pitchers. Uh, I'm sorry, one of the starters to go. Romano, I think, could be a candidate. Uh, you know, if Vladdy gets all those votes, Vladdy's going to go, and I think Bo will go obviously as well at shortstop. But beyond yeah. that. Beyond that, I'm Ch- not certain. Chapman anyway. hit 202 in May and 147 in June. There's only one way you can go, and that's up. It is Monday. This is Blair and Barker. Every Monday, we like to take a look around the AL East. We call it in the East because when we were naming it, we didn't feel particularly creative that day. So we call it in the East. 
We will do that in a few minutes. Brad Lidge joins us. Nice. Rock Kabatka will be along to talk about them there. My Orioles. Orioles. <laughs> if you give me the Rays, okay, it. you give me the Rays, you can have uh, the absolutely. Orioles. Absolutely, I'll right. take it. And uh, he'll talk about Barker's Orioles as well. It's Blair and Barker from Monday. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Barker's Blue Jays have today off, <laughs> but uh, no it. rest for us. They got a good team. Who does? The Blue Jays. Yeah. Not a great team, but it's a good team. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. But I am going to take the Rays. Call them Blair's Rays. It is Monday, and you know what that means? It means you're going to hear East. the music. Dun, 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 dun. It's our weekly look around the AL East, which we do after the weekend, because it would make no sense to do it in the middle of the week. Mm -mm. Somebody wants us to do, like, Down on the Farm or something like that, too, they mentioned. We may have to do that. Get some old McDonald had a farm music or something like that that we could play. (laughs) We could have noises. There you go, Andrew. We could have noises in the background, like... You know, mooing and... Might be a short segment. Mooing and what a, oinking. What have you a, seen the Blue Jays' uh, minor league system? Yeah. <laughs> May not be a ton to talk about that's there. That's true. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a good point. Here's today's <laughs> Blue Jays' minutes. minor league report. And that was today's Blue Jays' minor league report. That's not fair. Uh, I kid, I so kid. So sorry. I kid, I kid. Well, as we all predicted, when the MLB schedule came out, we look to the weekend of June 9th, 10th, and 11th. Yep. We looked at that. We said, ah, oh, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. But the Rangers are playing the Rays. The biggest series of the year so far. And those Rays took two of three games in the Texas Rangers, Mr. Barker, in a battle of the AL Beast with Shane McClanahan becoming the Major's A-L-Beast. first 10-game winner <laughs> on Sunday. In a game in which Wander Franco homered for the first time since May 9th. 27 games. 47 games. 27 games. 27 games. Kevin Cash was asked about Shane McClanahan. What do you see different in him now with having poison maybe in the past? Yeah, well, he did it last year, too. I mean, he was a really good pitcher, but I think just watching him not not get overly frustrated, be able to, you know, flush a bad inning, flush a pitch that he didn't like, want to execute, it doesn't carry over, and that's a sign of a really good pitcher. Your best pitchers, they, they release the ball. Once it's gone, they're on to the next pitch. Yeah, oh. I love that clip. Once he... Once the- they released the ball. They've gone to the next pitch. Sounds simple. Uh, he's the second fastest rate of 10 wins since David Price picked up his 10th win of 2010 
in the race 64th game of the season. Uh, McClanahan's win, by the way, came in the 68th game of 2023. And I guess it's about time we uh, start talking about him as the all-star starter again, just like in 2022. Nope. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, I was very fortunate enough to do it last year, and um, it was a tremendous honor, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's the farthest thing from my mind right now. You know, we're, uh, we're, yeah, no, we're a good not. ball club, and no, my only thought right serious. now is to help this team continue to win ball Smell games it. and, you know, put my best foot forward every single day, whether whether that's pitching, whether I'm running, where I'm throwing, you know, whatever it is, whether I'm being the best healer I can be. And, um, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know. Um, I feel, feel like I'm in a better position this year and, you know, in, in regards to handling all that stuff and, you know, whatnot. But, you know, my only my mindset is very singular. It's, it's helped this team win a lot of ball games. Uh, he, I mean, we've talked about Shane McClanahan. Ke- uh, Kevin, he's, it goes without saying he's really good, but he's really good. Yeah, it's called win day. Yeah, every, every time he pitches, they win. Like, it's, the, it's real simple. You need that guy. It's sort of like Kevin Gosman. Whenever you're not winning, when he's on the mound, you start to think, uh-oh, now what do we do? Especially what, you know, is going on around him. It, it's interesting, though. We've talked about this. The innings pitched out of the pen. And I looked this up because it's very intriguing to think that they can consistently have this record and doing this. They're first in innings from their relievers. Mm-hmm. They're 25th in innings from their starters. They have eight guys out of their pen with 35 or more innings pitched. Compare that to the Jays. The Jays only have two guys with 35 or more innings. Can they continue to do that all season? Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the American League East and they're not going to make the playoffs. But you can tell they're starting to smell things. Even with the way he's talking, Shane's talking there, right? It's more about now we worry about every fifth Mm -hmm. day going out there dominating somebody because you can smell the finish line, right? You've sort of got the formula on what it takes. I wonder if they can do that. Recent history would suggest that you need need more innings out of your starting pitchers to get to the playoffs. Because you want it at reverse. Regular season, you do that in reverse. And then when you get to the the postseason, you abuse your your bullpen. It's interesting. The one thing about the Rays is, you know, they will have hopefully Tyler Glasnow will get himself built up and because of the race. You know, they're going to they're going to no they're going to add somebody at some point. Sounds like They've Pete Fairbanks is coming back to mid, mid-June, which is a big uh, deal. Ryan Pete, Thompson came back. Actually, Pete Fairbanks, Kevin Cash saying, where are they this weekend? Pete Fairbanks may join them this weekend. I th- think are they in Chicago. No, that's the Orioles are end uh, of the week. Anyway, yeah, heard. Pete yep. Fairbanks is expected to join them. So that'll help. And that'll that'll be a no big question. That'll be a big help. And actually, rare for the Rays, that's a situation where a dude's injury was actually less serious than they thought it was going to be. Yep. So it helped to get. Yep. It helped. Face the Padres. Thank you. So it'll obviously help getting him back. Uh, in Baltimore, the Orioles beat the Royals for their fourth series sweep. The first sweep since they took three games in Toronto, May 19th to 21st. And well, Gunnar Henderson went three for three Friday, showed up at the uh, clubhouse Saturday and found himself in the leadoff spot Saturday and Sunday. He went five for 10 in both of those games. And uh, well, he also did this on Sunday. Oh, boy. Three, two, Gunnar. High in the air to right field. Look out below. Oh, what a big blast. This is what you've been waiting for, folks. This is Gunnar Henderson. Oh, 113. I think that flash was really quick, but I thought it said, did that say 460 some feet? It said 462 feet. 
Yeah, 462 feet onto Utah Street. Uh, it's the hardest hit ball by an Orioles player this season. And Gunnar Henderson is... They've kind of been waiting on him a little bit. They've been waiting on him a little bit, and he got he off to a slow a start. Put him down in the order, let him figure it out, that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, you know, Brandon, Brandon Hyde handled him like a manager who is used to handling young dudes. But, you know, moving him into the leadoff spot, now granted it was Kansas City, but moving him in, into the leadoff spot, you know, good time to do it. After a three-for-three three game, you run him out there almost as a reward. And, uh, well, you saw what, what Gunnar Henderson did. And this is what Gunnar Henderson said afterwards about the home run. Gunnar, how did your uh, first trip to Utah Street this year feel? Uh, yeah, that one was pretty awesome and pretty special. I've been looking forward for that one for a little while. All right, buddy, you've been swinging the bat great for a while. Has anything uh, felt different or really clicked in a different way in the last couple of weeks? Uh, just kept swinging and uh, starting to see the ball better, and it felt like uh, getting better pitches to swing at. And, uh, yeah, felt like that's been the biggest thing so far. <laughs> Did he yeah. say get a better pitch to swing at? Is that what he said? Well, he's got a lot of bad speed. He's young. Uh, he's trying to refine the breaking ball stuff, right? When you first come up, what are they trying to figure out if you can do? Hit the heater yeah, the heat, to yeah. quadrants, right? We'll, we'll, we'll go away to start, then we start going in, and we start going up, and then we start hitting two out of the three of those or one out of the three, then we start flipping it and fastball counts. We start to see if you can hit that. What do you do? You put him in front of some good hitters so they can't flip it as much. Mm. If they do flip it, right, it's in flippable counts where It'll you're be. sort of looking for it. You can zone in. You can get the one down and in because you're short, quick, compact, short to it, long through it. You're not trying to do too much. You're sort of just going up and being Gunnar Henderson. It's just, it's just cool how they've handled. Yes. They knew he was going to struggle. They, they, they know he has tremendous talent, bat speed, everything it takes to be an aircraft carrier. It's just sort of letting him figure it out and now knowing when to push him into the leadoff spot and sort of let it, him take off. This is this is big for the Jays. This is who the Jays are getting. That's what I was going to say. They're going to have to figure out how to get him out. And it would be fun to see Chris Bassett go to work on Absolutely. Him. Changing speeds, elevating the heater, the two-seamer. You know, the cutter in will be a big pitch to him because he does have a little uppercut. Something elevated with movement would be a good pitch. But it's just the Orioles now all of a sudden, Mountcastle's not hitting, Santander's not hitting. You have Henderson and mm-hmm. O'Hearn is starting to rake. Like, they have guys... When you're everyday, legit dudes that are supposed to be hitting are not hitting, then you got all these young dudes oh, that are falling getting, into place. We, we, something we, special. We talked about Josh Lester last week. The the, the basically the the full time minor league dude is coming. Yeah, they got called got, out and got a big hit. He's still playing. Ah, it's crazy. He's still right? playing. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, still getting hits. Jay's for him. better bring it. <laughs> uh, Brandon Hyde is the Orioles manager. This is what he had to say about Gunnar Henderson. That was loud coming off the bat. I didn't know it was forces. Is that what it was? Wow. Uh, is he going to have a, one of those things out there? Oh, he should. What, the, what are they called? Plaque. 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 Plaque on the street, a marker. Uh, no, I think it was a great hit for us at the time, too, uh, to break it open a little bit. And you can tell he's a lot more aggressive early in the count and getting on pitches that he can handle and, uh, you know, let off the game with, you know, smokes a double there off a guy throwing 101. And, uh, Looks, he's definitely more confident right now. You can tell he's feeling a lot more comfortable at the plate this last week to ten days, and uh, come to the right time. Yeah, it's uh, and and what I found really interesting too is you know one of the things Brandon Hyde had said uh, a, a week or so ago. He said kind of he was asked about what the next step is for this team, and he basically said we got to start bludgeoning some teams. No question. You know, like that's we got to start 
er, erupting and getting getting big innings to to put How do you have some bad starting pitching? Yeah. You score tons of runs. Exactly, exactly. Um, and once the Orioles are done with the Jays, they're going to be off to Wrigley Field to play the oh, uh, cool. Chicago Cubs. That'll be fun. That's your favorite place. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere, I, do you think it's about time we stop? I, I think we have to do this. We have to stop bigging up the Yankees-Red Sox games as the greatest rivalry in baseball. It's not. It's not the Giants and the Dodgers. I think the Rays and Yankees have more of a hate going on right now than the than the Yankees and Red Sox. Um, I mean, the Red Sox... Nobody watches those two teams play. No, the Red Sox just aren't very good right now. No. But they still took two or three from the Yankees this weekend. The Yankees went two and four in a homestand. They've got a lot of folks in the Bronx grumbling. You're starting to hear the Aaron Boone and Brian (laughs) Cashman stuff come up again. They lost 3-2 Sunday in a game in which Glaber Torres made a costly error. And Anthony Rizzo was picked off second base with two out in the sixth. Been on base in forever. Well, that's what you said. He's he's one for thirty since June second, so there's a chance that oh, that's what second base looks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've Anyhow. been there before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the uh, Yankees are eight and ten this year oh, without please. Aaron Judge, and they've got two games against the Mets, and they're off to uh, Fenway Park. And yeah, Aaron Boone, it, Aaron Boone seems to get asked this question an awful lot, and he was just asked about the the, the sloppiness of his team and, and the mistakes they make. I mean, those are little mistakes when, when, you know, when we are playing low-scoring tight games where, you know, those are those are separators sometimes. So a couple things today that, you know, we didn't do great. You know, I think it's a case where Riz is there with, with, with two outs trying to make sure his secondary is strong, you know, because he, he doesn't want to get caught not being able to score on a base oh, hit. Really? Um, but... You know they did a good job of seeing something, and 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 yeah, that's just that's just an out we gave them. It was weird. I watched that that game. It, maybe it's watching Billy McKenney be the star, make the, the, the you don't like the it? great play. I know, but I mean, it, it's just twenty sixth guy. Yeah, I know, and he was a 29th guy here for the longest time. It's just I I don't know, man. The Yankees Red Sox thing is it's just not happening. It's not happening anymore. I find them. I mean, ratings will say otherwise. I, I know because the Red Sox are not real good and the Yankees are not the Yankees and they never win anything. You know what but the everybody's thing is, yelling no, and screaming about is, it. Let's go yeah, watch that. I think that's it, sort of what less, it is. It's less the Yankees and more the Red Sox. Yeah. It's less the Yankees because the Yankees Red are right. The Yankees are still the Yankees. more series lately than the Yankees have. So yeah, why don't you flip that at the God, other way? There's just not a lot. There's not a lot happening. Yeah, you're, 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 your boy Josh Donaldson has hit 154 with four homers in June. Two of those homers came in the first game back. Giancarlo Stanton in June is three for his last 21 with one RBI. DJ LeMahieu, who looks like he is swinging underwater. Yeah, he's not good. Has no RBIs in his last seven games. That's in June. And you mentioned Anthony Rizzo has no RBIs in, in June. To say that they are a really bad team without one dude in the lineup is the biggest understatement you could make as a baseball fan, forget about being a Yankees fan or the American League East fan. To say how much that one guy means and sort of is a trickle down effect when it comes it to we're the Yankees, somebody's got to come and help carry it. So everybody else, because Rizzo's not an aircraft carrier, Stanton hasn't been since he's been a Yankee. DJ is looks like he's old and you know swinging a, a newspaper. Does this Josh Donaldson? You can throw him an elevated fastball like it's. Does this just reinforce? 
you know, we always have this debate about who the most valuable player in the game is. Not the most outstanding, the most valuable player of the game. Watching the Yankees without Aaron Judge suggests to me that his value to that team is more than just about anybody in the American All League. All you need to know is in like, Yankee Stadium in three games, the Red Sox scored a total of seven, seven runs, runs, took two out of three games. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, again, that's the Yankees are 8-10. and 8-10 without Aaron Judge this year. Uh, he needs to get back. He needs to get back in a hurry. You're a Yankees fan. Huh? If you're a Yankees oh, fan. Oh, God, yeah. I thought you said you're a Yankees fan. <laughs> but don't you, don't you agree with me? No. The games are they're still not. not the same. I do not. Who would you rather watch? A Red Sox? I shouldn't be asking you this because I know what the you answer know, is going to be. Say, you're going to yell and scream. It would be the Rays. Right. But it's not the Rays. It's not the Rays. You're the mo- and, and most people's answer would not be – ratings will tell you that. That a Yankees-Rays game, nobody watch. But a Yankees-Red Sox, all ESPN tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, They're I not know, picking I... up the Sunday night uh, Rays-Yankees games. But, boy, they are the, red, the stinky fifth-place Red Sox. They're picking that up. You want to know why? Because everybody watches it. You never know when somebody might get punched in the face. Nobody's going to get that series. What uh, the hell? Well, I'm just saying. What, uh, that's what they're hoping for. The battle for, the battle for fourth place or the battle for third place. <laughs> well, there's already a team Jeez. in fourth place. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, there's not, there aren't enough good players in the Red Sox to hate. Like, seriously, who, uh, part, of the deal, the part of the fault. deal with the Red Sox-Yankees thing was that the Red Sox had really good players and personalities you could hate. Devers is fun to watch. Who do, who do they have? You, you hate Kike Hernandez? <laughs> Alex Verdugo? It, I mean, maybe if you're Alec Manoa, it, you do. But, I mean, you look at the It is amazing the that the Red, Red Sox. Sox don't have an everyday shortstop. That, that is the most amazing part out of all that. I don't, Trevor Story, right, really? I mean, I could throw right-handed further. I mean, the, the Red Sox are just, they're just this. I mean, there's nothing there. There's there's nothing to hate. Yeah, they 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 got a lot of work to do. It's I feel like sorry for them. It's, I mean, I feel you know what? No, here's lying. the thing. You're such a they, no, no, no. lie. I feel sorry for Chris Sale. There are guys in that team. I, I feel, feel sorry, sorry for, for yeah. more than I do hate. I mean, so just Chris a, Sale is the only person you feel sorry for. That's it. I'm just then. It, who else? Is it's it? not that rivalry is not what it used to be. And ESPN can show the games all that you watch that game. You know what? That was just another baseball game. That was another baseball game. That was badly played by the Yankees. That was, Absolutely. And and the only good thing is if if the new pitch timer hadn't been in effect, that game would have taken seven and a well, half hours well to play. Well said. And I would have tapped out in the third inning. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no question. That was. Uh, yeah. That was not a uh, an no. easy watch. Uh, we nailed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time now for Between the li- Lines. Well, between the Lines. It's time now for Between the Lines, uh, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Let's bring in Mr. Mark Boffo. All right, guys. So we got no You're j- excited. What's that? You a little excited that after that intro? Yeah, absolutely. That was great. A bit more energy. I mean, I, you know. Well, I'm excited about these lines. Let me tell you that. So we got no Jays game tonight, but we have Rockies at Red Sox. And uh, Big Maple, James Paxton, taking Mm. the mound at Fenway Park tonight. He's got 36 strikeouts in 26 innings pitched since rejoining uh, the Red Sox rotation. 
The number is seven and a half strikeouts tonight against the Rockies. Will Ooh. he go over or under seven and a half strikeouts? Is that for is that for three innings or his whole the whole game? <laughs> Going over. Yeah, me too. Four four out of his six starts, he's what he's had eight or more strikeouts. The Rockies are eleventh in baseball with striking out on the road. Me, this is slam dunk. You're you're looking at double digits. Yeah. And they may still it? lose. No, they may <laughs> still lose. But it could be double digits. They may still double lose. Double digits. No, I, I'm taking the over, Me man. too. I'm taking the over. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. I hate to agree with, with you, too. Well, it's true. They, well, I hate it's, it. It's, but it is. That's an easy one, I think. Yeah. Oof. Maybe I shouldn't have been that down on the the, the whole Red Sox-Yankees thing. I just... I. I, you know, I just remember fights and all that stuff. Then you don't get the, you don't get the same, you don't get the same feeling in the stands anymore. You really don't. Yeah, there's not too many people on the Red Sox you can hate. That for not me, too many is people on the Red Sox you what, know. What it, <laughs> you know, that's what it seriously. is. There's some Yankees you can hate, starting with Booney. Like you can hate him, easy, yelling and screaming about nothing in the first inning, after the first pitch. It's hard to hate him though because it is really not. Aaron, it oh, really it is. I love, listen. It's easy to hate. It's a, no, you, no, no. If you don't I, know Booney, I and you just love, tune in, seeing him yelling and screaming about oh, I, absolutely nothing. I love walk, watching him work umpires. I'm sorry, I do. There's still, still an art to that. Talk scripted right there. Oh, I don't know about scripted. Oh. Uh, there's, enough, there's enough hyphenated words to come out of his mouth to make me think that it's not. Set it in, in, in front of the mirror. That's it's not that scary. is. I don't know about that. I enjoy watching a meltdown. That is a lost art. Managerial meltdown uh, meltdowns are, are a lost thrown a art. base. It's, well, that's more no, funny. Throwing a base is lame. No, it's not. Or dragging the on deck circle. That's at lame play. Too. No, it's not. Oh, that's I, lame. no. That's lame. Teddy Powers did it, and he's got two fake hips. My pitching, my pitching coach in uh, Triple <laughs> There is no baseball tonight. Took him 15 the, minutes. The Blue Jays start a three-game series against the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles tomorrow. Brock Abatko covers the Orioles for Mass and Sports. He'll be along. We'll take a deeper dive into the Orioles. And when we come back, Brad Lidge, host of Loud Outs and MLB Network Radio, former MLB closer, sliders and saves 54, maybe the That's best great. Twitter handle in baseball. He's next. It's Blair and Barker for Monday on 590-360 or wherever you get your favorite podcast. top stories in the nhl every day the jeff mary show subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts every sport has their big juicy controversy boxing has the mike tyson ear bite cycling has lance armstrong baseball has its steroid era curling has broomgate It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. I mean, I guess we're looking for some hope in the AL East. The, the Rays do, uh, I think they take on the Oakland A's. The A's are the hottest team in baseball right now, I believe. I'm just saying. 
You don't look at me like that. I got a pretty, uh, pretty intriguing story. Now I don't know. Who Is it? Be. Just warning. Looking at the Rays, or the A's right now. They won five in a row, man. Yeah. Come on. Better than losing five, five in a row. row. Yeah. Good for them. They're only 14 games behind fourth place Seattle. Actually, 15 and a half. Sorry. You have to really stink in that division to be 14 and a half out. Yep. Yep. Of the third place team. That's the third place team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Their run differential. No, that's a fourth place team. Their run differential is minus 194. How do they get better? Is the question. Move. You're moving the same players. I know. But uh, it's. That will is, they, will that they spend is more money? Would a would a good yes. free agent want to come there? Uh, Vegas, if they're well, in it's Vegas, not about, it's about well, free agent. Well, I guess I, yeah. I was going to say it's about winning, but it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> pretty comfortable. Uh, yeah. Tax status in Nevada. It's the highest bidder uh, too. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, no. If that team, I don't even, and I, I don't, haven't kept up in their whole stadium issue. But if that team gets, if, if, there's a reason the NHL team went to Vegas and. Became really good. I just, players will go to Vegas. Players will go to Vegas hmm. for a variety of reasons. Um, and uh, they pay you a lot know, of you, money, and it's cheaper. It's cheaper. You'd have to put up with the hmm. fact that your ballpark probably wouldn't be great for the first couple of years while the new one gets built, but they'll build it quickly. Uh, but I don't know how that. I don't know how the whole Oakland to Vegas thing is going to turn out. Anyhow, hmm. um, it remains to be seen. Uh, it is Blair and Barker. The Jays are off today before they start a three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles uh, in Baltimore. The pitching matchup tomorrow is Chris Bassett against Dean Kramer. Wednesday, it's Jose Barrios against mm-hmm. Kyle Bradish. Thursday, and Thursday's game is a 105 game, an afternoon game. You say Kikuchi against Tyler Wells. We talked about the... Uh, and we talked about the... Uh, Orioles when we took a look around the AL East. And Barker made you made a good point about a couple of players who really haven't gotten going yet. One of them, Ryan Mountcastle, generally does get going. Uh against Remember the batting the practice Rangers. we saw him take at the Rogers Center? Oh. It's atrocious. So it was one of the worst was, batting practices ever. I remember breaking bats and Yeah, I remember watching it with you and you were bes- you were literally beside yourself. I thought he was kidding. I know you did. People yes. in the outfield were laughing at him, and I, it's like, yeah, this no, guy, it, this guy destroys the Blue Jays it was and can't get a ball out of the infield. Like it was absolutely brutal. It was awful. It was absolutely Crazy. brutal. But uh, there you are. The Orioles are forty-one and uh, forty-one and twenty-four, four and a half up the wild card, five and a half back. I mean, there's they're four games up in the Yankees. They've got a they got a bit of a cushion here. The only question is, a cushion w- w- will they make a big move? Because they, they need at least one legit pitcher, starter. I, I don't see why. Think they'll do it? I don't see why they wouldn't. And I, I mean, I really don't. They've got, enough, uh, they've got enough young players. They've got guys in the minors that people really like. They've got second-tier free agents in the minors. They have a knack. We've talked about this. They have a knack of finding... Uh, Finding relievers. I mean, the thing is with the Orioles. The Orioles could very, the Orioles could very easily find another one of those yep. guys who's going to give them three good months out of the bullpen and trade for a starter. And that's really, well, gotta, that's really all they have to do. Because I don't, yeah. I, I, you know, I look at that lineup. Cedric Mullins comes back. I, I look at that lineup. 
Uh, I'm not certain be, I necessarily be, need that another real. bat. Seven-game series in the playoffs. Could they beat the Astros with what they have? Just adding one more arm. Pitcher. Yeah, I think they uh, could, could. The Astros. In a seven-game Because this is what the front office will be asking themselves. Uh, is it worth it? And do we realistically think with the team that we have, because that's what it is. Like, it's not about getting in the playoffs. It's about if you're going to give up pieces. Right. Can you? Can you? Do you think you can beat the really good teams? They're playing. Uh, they're playing six thirty one. Rays. The the Rangers. Yeah. The I, with the offense, the Rangers. Have. I mean, here's the thing. You're playing the Rays, so you'll know whether or not you can beat the Rays. You'll have an idea whether or not you can beat the Rays. I'm looking around the AL East. Um, Houston. You mean, I, no, I'm so, I'm looking around the American League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would I, I mean, the Yankees seem to have a lot of success in Yankee the Stadium. They got to go to Yankee yeah. Stadium and, and beat the Yankees. You think I, they do it? I'm looking at, I'm looking at that team. I'm not, I'm not entirely certain there's, there's any team in the American League that I'd go, ooh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy the Orioles against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Houston is, you know, Houston still. Houston still has – they still have that pitching. They've still got some of those holdovers. I just think Houston – Houston is a team that I, I – uh, uh, if you look at the top one, two, three, four, five, let's say top six teams in baseball right now and ask yourself who could get better without making an ad, Houston would be the one team that I think Health. could get better without making an ad. Mm-hmm. Yep, of those teams. And I'm, let's leave aside Tampa, but but I, of the other teams, let's, I'm going to include Baltimore, New York, Toronto. Forget the AL Central, Texas, Houston. Which team could get better without having to do anything? I think to me to be Houston. I think but, you're right. But if I'm the Orioles, um, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be afraid of anybody. Nope. Uh, Rock Abaco covers the Orioles for Mass, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Rock, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. We're just sitting here. Already plotting out the Orioles postseason <laughs> aspirations. Why not? Um, I, may, I may have to come back to Toronto. I don't know if I've been there once since 2016. Yeah, well, no. And this time you won't have Zach Britton or Buck Showalter with you. So, um, <laughs> not to kick around anymore. No. Hey, uh, one of the things that Kevin and I were talking about in the first hour, I'm intrigued about the way Brandon Hyde and the Orioles have handled Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. All of a sudden, I look up this weekend. First of all, the guy goes three for three on Friday. Then I find out that he's in the leadoff spot. Then he goes like five for ten in those two games and hits a home run that's one of the, you know, that probably still hasn't landed yet. Um, explain that to me because I think we kind of learn, you kind of learn something about a manager, I think, by the way he moves a young player around in the lineup to try to, one, kind of hide him, kind of break him in slowly, no pun intended, hide him, break him in slowly, but two, then be bold enough to say, okay, I like what this guy's featuring right now. It's go time, yeah. and I'm going to really make it go time by leading him off. Yeah, I mean, with Cedric Mullins being out, that spot obviously opened up. So against left-hander, Cedric often was lower in the order, but certainly gets righties. He was that guy. So once he was out with the injury, then it became, okay, you know, who's our leadoff hitter? And it was Adam Frazier for quite a bit uh, against right-handers. And, you know, his numbers across the board don't look great, but he's been pretty clutch for him, and it was adequate. And then, you know, Austin Hayes against lefties, and he's more, more of a pro-typical leadoff guy than some of the others. Meanwhile, Gunner starts heating up, 
and, and kind of rapidly, and then it becomes, well, he's hot right now, and we'll, if he's in the lineup against the right-hander, that left-handed bat, let's just put him atop the order and, and see what he, what he does. And he's running with it to the point now where I feel like unless you want to loan him a little bit because of that power and put him in more of a run-producing spot, you may as well just go ahead. I mean, they've been very patient with him, especially for a kid that young. And it was. It started out, you lower him in the order, you sit him, more often than you would have planned when he was really scuffling, but they really weren't tempted to send him down even at age 21. They felt like he was just pressing a little too much and, you know, at times maybe being a little too patient at the plate, not aggressive enough because that's kind of what they teach with their hitting instruction is if, you know, if it's not a ball that you can do damage to, build the plate and barrel to try and lay off it and, you know, you, you concentrate on a certain zone where you attack and maybe he was getting a little too passive and all of a sudden they just kind of turned him loose. He's been more aggressive. Uh, the ground balls are down. He's driving everything now. So it's like, hey, hot bat, let's put him atop the order and get him as many at-bats as we can. So I think a lot of it just because the spot opened up, but also Gunner started gaining the trust here this month of, you know, he's hot, so let's just keep keep atop the order and, and keep getting those at-bats. And uh, now he's looking like the kid that they knew that he was. I mean, he's going to be special. He had the home run of Milwaukee before that 462-foot one that you talked about that went to the opposite field, a fastball up and over the plate and drove it to left field, a line drive over the fence. I mean, he doesn't have to try to hit home runs. They're going to come naturally. And as he told us afterward, I asked if maybe he could hit the warehouse instead of just on the bounce. He said, well, when I get that man strength, I'll be able to hit it a little farther. That's a scary thought for the rest of the league. It is. Brian O'Hearn is nine for his last 21 with two homers and four RBIs. What's going on with him? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, he was a – I think the Royals really liked him at one time. He was a prospect, and it just didn't turn out. But he's been really clutch for them. And you got to give Michael Elias credit. He's added guys where it's like, you know, it's not a, a, you know, celebrated deal. In fact, he was on the 40 and off the 40 a couple days later. And then, you know, they outrighted him and got him back on the 40. But it's just pieces that keep working, whether it's him or this Josh Lester that they signed at the winter meetings from the Tigers. Guys are contributing. And you know, he's, he's been valuable. And I think one of the biggest hits of the season for this club that made me think, you know what, this, there's something special about this team this year, and I think they've got staying power, was that three-run homer he hit in Toronto. What was it the eighth inning to tie that game? And they ended up winning. I mean, it's like, okay, if Ryan O'Hearn's hitting a game-tying three-run homer late in the game at Rogers Center, there's something special going on here. They ended up winning it. So he's been clutch for them, and he can play the corner outfield as well as first. So he's just one of those valuable pieces that every time you think, well, roster moves coming, he might be vulnerable, then he stays because he's a good left-handed back coming off the bench. Should mention, by the way, that Gunnar Henderson's been named American League Player of the Week after going 10 for 19 with three wow. homers, six ribbies, one double, five runs scored, having a 1.053 slugging percentage. So uh, That's there you go. Good, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that'll, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> Repeat that again. <laughs> Repeat that again. And the, the, can't wait for that man strength to show up. Um, that'll make a big difference. You can really start dropping the ball, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You can do that. Hey, where, where are the Orioles right now in terms of their pitching depth? Like if, if, is, is that sort of um, starting pitching in particular, is, would that be the area of focus? Do you think for this team going, uh, going forward is what we're in June 12th. I mean, it's not like the trade deadline is a week away, but do you think that'll be an area of focus for this, the organization? That's definitely an area of focus. I mean, they feel like they've got decent depth as far as guys they can bring up to fill spots here and there. 
like and they were able to bring back Cole Irvin. He had a decent start his first time back. He only made three with the Orioles before they optioned him. It was a little surprising they optioned that quickly after trading for him. But they said, well, you know, they, they have other people they could bring up. But, you know, Gunnar Henderson, or excuse me, Grayson Rodriguez is still down in AAA for a reset. They're hoping to get him up relatively soon. You know, D.L. Hall is going through some sort of a deload, which I didn't know D.L. stood for deload. That's <laughs> apparently happening right now where they've they built him up and now they're kind of cutting him back a little bit. And they kind of control the innings and mm-hmm. slow things down. He's working on getting stronger, getting his fastball velocity back because he missed, you know, most, most of spring training. So, and then, you know, if, they will have decent depth once those two guys are major league ready to contribute. When John Means comes back from Tommy Jabe, we thought that was going to be in July. Now it might not be till August. And then they've got guys, the Bruce Zimmerman, the Spencer Watkins, and guys like that. So, I mean, there, there are bodies there are names but i feel like they're going to have to go out and try and get somebody who slots more like a, a top of the rotation or close to a type guy the question is how do you do that who are they willing to part with they've got you know the number one farm system in baseball are they going to part with a couple of those guys to bring in somebody like that or, or do they just you know kind of ride with what they have i know elias feels like it's really hard right now to determine the market mm-hmm. and who are buyers and who are sellers and what teams are willing to give up. I mean, it's, it's a tough read right now because the expanded playoffs, more teams think that they're in it than they're used to be. So it's harder to find that match. So I think they're definitely going to target starting pitching. They also could target the bullpen. And if they can't come up with the starting pitcher they want, then I think you really go hard with the pen like they did. I believe it was in 14 where they couldn't really get a difference maker for the rotation. So they went out and got Andrew Miller instead. Right. Beat the Tigers to get them by giving up Eduardo Rodriguez. He ends up being a big reason why they got to the ALCS. So maybe you just fortify the bullpen. But definitely pitching is what they're looking at. Okay, tell me the truth. What did the Orioles do to Aaron Hicks? <laughs> got him out of New crazy, York. Right? Got That's him out of crazy. New York. Out of New York, I guess. No. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I mean, he was teeing up a little bit. I think he was like six for 14 and had a three-hit game before they let him go. But we know the problems there. And, you know, he's never going to say off that got him out of New York. But I think a lot of guys look at that as they can just kind of exhale and, you know, it's a fresh start for him. And if there's ever a guy who needed it was a change of senior guy, it was Aaron Hicks. And we'll see how sustainable it is. But he's doing a lot of what he used to do when he was going much better. I mean, he's an on-base guy. He's drawing walks. He's getting hits. He's driving the ball. Or he has four extra base hits. He's, you know, it's his 10-game on-base streak to start his career with the Orioles. I, I check with stats. Like, what is the record? And believe it or not, it's 19. And I have to get your guys' opinion on this, by the way. I'm... I'm jumping topics a little bit. It was by Bobby Young in 54, an infielder. The first year the Orioles were in Baltimore, but mm-hmm. he was with the St. Louis Browns before that. Right. So it's the first time as an Oriole, but not the first time in the franchise. But the guy right behind him, 17, is one of your favorites, Jeff, Marty Cordova. There you oh, go. Man. Oh, the magic man. <laughs> yeah. There you go. The first year of his four-year deal that I'm sure they regretted or whatever it was. But anyway, so, you know, but Hicks is, you know, kind of climbing up that, that list, and it's, it's crazy. But he's, he's been exactly what they were hoping for. You know, they're working to kind of get him back to some of the things he was doing really well in New York back in the day. And, again, I just think a lot of it's just change of scenery. And he was somebody that, you know, they liked before Mullins got hurt. Right. They kind of, you know, kicked the tires on him a little bit for depth. And then as soon as they got the news on Mullins, Elias immediately called his agent and said, hey, you know, we can put him in the lineup right now. And they said, all right, we're going to get on a flight. <laughs> like a red eye, let's get him to, to Baltimore. And that's how that worked out. So, 
you know, for however long they need him as a, their primary center fielder. I mean, they're, they're thrilled with what they've gotten from yeah, him. And it's kind of cool, too, because if you talk to people around the Twins, he was really liked. You know, like it was hard kind of seeing him twist and turn in, with the Yankees because he was really well liked when he was with the Twins. Yeah, I mean, he's a good clubhouse guy. I mean, he's got the tools, but, like, it had gotten to the point where he had that three-hit game towards yeah. the end of his time with the Yankees. It was the, the ninth spot in the order. Yeah. You know, he was just buried at the bottom of the order, and I know fans were on him. He was a target, and, I, after, you know, I made the mistake of checking social media after, uh, you know, the Orioles had picked him up, and there was this, like, you know, you can have him. Thank yeah. goodness he's no longer, you know, like, he, he was really just, like, practically run out of town in New York. So I just think, again, it's a fresh start. He, you know, he started out really well, two hits in his first game, and I think that just kind of relaxed him and got him going, and, and the fans here are loving him. Uh, you talked about the depth of the Orioles minor league system in terms of, in terms of position players, who's, who's the next guy to come up or who's the guy closest, pardon me, to being major league ready. And how, how might that impact anything they do at the trade deadline? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Jordan Westberg infielder plays all the spots and, you know, had was, I guess, drafted as a shortstop has mainly been like second and third, but can play short. This is a guy that, was in camp till really late in spring training. I'm really impressed. And at the time, Elias said, you know, he's close. And I know there are a lot of people saying, what's taking so long? Because he's tearing up AAA. Right now, you'd have to create a spot for him. Mm. And, what, you know, and you've got Mateo, who's really struggled at the plate, but you've got him at short, and you've still got, you know, Ramon Urias, who won a gold glove at third last year. He's kind of moving around. Adam Frazier, they've liked him at second. And, of course, you have Gunner. It's like, where do you put this kid? And I don't know if they'd be willing to, even though he, the value is really high, I don't know if they'd be willing to part with him in a trade. I'm sure there are some teams, if they did want to give up their pitching, would love to have a Jordan Westberg. I just don't know if the Orioles would have surrendered him. They may look at him as a big piece here. But that's the guy that I keep waiting every week. Like, is it, is it going to be now? And Colton Cowser's the other one, the outfielder, mm-hmm. you know, the first-round pick a couple years ago, who had a quad injury, and he's back now, but they're kind of slow playing him you know, taking them out of games early at AAA, and they sat out Sunday to rest them. But that's somebody that I think before their injury was on the verge. But again, you'd have to make a spot for them. And they don't think they want to bring up either one of these guys and have them sit. They did that with Kyle Stowers at the beginning of the year, ended up optioning him. If you're bringing up Kowser or Westberg, you can't play him two times a week. You know, right. like you're going to have to find a spot. And you can rotate, you know, the DH spot's fluid. So you can, you know, circle guys around there. They've got Santander playing some first base. That frees up right field. I mean, there are ways that you can do that. You're going to have to give these guys regular at-bats. But, you know, and I don't think either one of those are guys that they would really, you know, they'd want to package in a trade to get a starter. So then, you know, how do you open up spots for them? Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you're going to have to try and move somebody to create a spot for them. Rock, listen, really good of you to yeah. join us, my friend. Thanks so much. Wonderful. Always good to talk to you. Be well. Awesome stuff. Thanks. Bye. You too, guys. Thanks. Take care. That's Rock Abatko. Covers the Orioles for Masson. Um, yeah, that that's... Yeah, you know, just looking at their minor league system. Yeah. We've talked. Well, they've stunk forever. Time. They've they've earned the the great minor league system. Yeah, by stinking. But, uh, but you, they got some really good athletes coming. Well, and and it you know it's funny reading, and I, I can't remember if it was, uh, forgive me, it was either Ken. I think it might have been Ken Rosenthal or Jason Stark. But they were talking about the timing of what the Orioles have done here. And you're right, they've stunk a long time sure. to get to where they are, but. If you look at 
how layered their minor league system is. And you look at the other teams in this division. Yeah. We've talked about the Jays. There mm-hmm. is not a lot down there right now. Nope. Maybe in a year or two years. Arelvis Martinez seems to have had a good month, maybe. Yeah. The Yankees, pff, the Yankees are kind of, you know, the Red Sox, ugh, they're not. I, the Orioles are really nicely positioned right now. Um, the AL West. Houston's going to have to retool at some point. Those guys are getting a little older. Sure. So, and and Seattle, I I think if I look uh, at the if I look at the two teams in the yeah. American League right now, mm-hmm. and let's leave the Rays aside because they're in a different category. But yeah. if I look at the two teams right now and I say, okay, who's kind of got that core that interests me? It's the Orioles. You and think the their window's here? Like it's here now? Yes. You think it's here? I do. like it started already. I think I I I will have to. I hate to say this. I need I need to see a little more proof that what we've seen so far. I don't know if the pitching is there to make this their window, but if if by the time we get to the week after the All Star break and they're still in second place, then yeah, why not? If I don't have to, you know, if I don't have to give up the farm. Mm-hmm. to add another starting pitcher. Like, if I'm the Orioles, I think what I'm trying to do is add a guy with maybe a year left beyond this year. So I'm not necessarily going to rent a guy. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm going to add a guy with a year left beyond this year to give me a little bit of a buffer zone in case, in case, in case Grayson Rodriguez sure. needs to go down and have a reset again. Yeah, yeah. But, man, they're just there. Like if you dig into their farm system, there's there's any way they can go. Like there, are, you talk to people, they'll tell you there are four players in that four position players. Yeah, yeah. In that farm system that need to be in the majors within the next two years. Sure. There aren't a lot of teams that can say that. There aren't a lot of teams that can say that. And Sounds the, like the Rays, doesn't it? A little bit. Except I think if you talk to people, they're reverse. The pitching. talent, the talent is so you know Adley. Like think about this. For a team to churn out Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson back-to-back, and that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's always hard. The hardest thing, I think, for a front office to do is, I think in some ways the easiest thing to do is determine when your yeah. window of opportunity yeah. is closing. The hardest thing is what happens if it gets here a year before you it thought does. it was going to get here. About, what about the teams that are around them? Like, like the Jays. The Jays are in their window, yes? They're in it. Oh, hell yeah. They're okay. right in the middle of it. Okay, what if they finish fourth and, and the Orioles finish second this year? Do anything to the Jays' window? I mean, I think it does. Uh, I, I, I think if the, Jays, if the Jays finish fourth and don't make the playoffs – then I think you need. Why well, ask yourself? You're not trading. Are you trading? You okay? No, you're not trading Bo or Vladdy, or Vladdy. Boy, you paused. No, I'm not trading either of them. Manoa. Well, yeah, I probably wouldn't get much. I'm saying, like, if he comes back into the year, they still finish fourth. I'm not. I'm. Oh, he, I'm not asking about whether you would trade him or not. I'm asking if that would change the front office's mind on how they go about their net. This I've coming got, up off season is my point, right? I mean, or, or whether you got to be realistic and trade your third baseman. Well, I, I think that's that, that to me is the question. 
over this team right now is sure the third it is. baseman. Thousand percent. It it's the third baseman. And I'll tell you what, if you get closer to the deadline, now Whit Merrifield's gonna cost you some money. There you go. Those three guys are the guys I think you have to Boy, it's a tough call though. Have to when, think when about your it. payroll's as big as it is, like it's never been. And of oh. course, if you were if you were to move a guy like Chapman, you'd have to have another third baseman. Those having an MVP season, you Those got Gosman, you got your yep. closer in Jordan Romano. Yep. That'd be a tough sell. Brad Lidge is host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, former MLB closer. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 316, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. There is no Blue Jays baseball Boo. tonight. What am I going to do tonight? Uh, find something to do. <laughs> Tuesday, uh, the Jays will open a three-game series in Baltimore against the Orioles. I mean, I don't know how crucial I'd say that series. Baltimore and Texas is going to be a tough road for these. Here on out, guys. these games are big. Are they? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm-mm. Still only June. Ask yourself, do you think the Jays can go on a 15-2 run? Nope. Or do you think they can go, they can win series? I mean, what? they went a big on difference. A, they went on an 8-2 run, didn't they? What they do, gain a half game in the standings or something like Wild that? Wild card. Well, it's pretty hard to do. It's pretty hard to do. Um, so, as you mentioned, no Blue Jays baseball tonight. They'll uh, be back on the radio and TV tomorrow, 7.07. A reminder, Thursday's game is an afternoon game at 105 Eastern from Baltimore. Uh, the Jays finished their homestand, averting a sweep at the hand of the Minnesota Twins uh, with their win yesterday. A come-from-behind win on Kevin Biggio's home run. Some good pitching by Nate Pearson. Uh, let's bring in Brad Lidge. He's host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, former MLB closer. Brad, thanks for joining Kevin and myself today. We we greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, look, the we talked about the Jays going into Baltimore to face the Orioles. I've given up. I will admit, the, for the first three weeks of the season, ah, the first month of the season, I kept waiting for the Orioles to implode. I've kind of given up in that, and I've decided that, Actually, what we are looking at here is a window of opportunity for this this franchise, aren't we? Uh, for for Baltimore, yeah. First, let me hit this. If you guys are looking for something to do tonight, because I heard you yeah. pondering that, uh, you know, I'm in I'm in Denver, so the Nuggets, you know, they can close it out first ever NBA Finals for them. That would be remarkable. Could be a really fun night if you care at all about. The Nuggets in the Heat. Okay. I lived in Denver for 12 years. Absolutely, Brad. I'm all, I'm all okay, in. Okay, excellent. Yeah. 
Excellent. Okay. So that could, so that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for something to do, but, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, stop digressing and head to, to Baltimore here. Um, yeah, I think, uh, Look, Baltimore is definitely for real. Uh, you might have looked at their roster going into the season and said they are, you know, they didn't really do much in the offseason. They, you know, got to 500 last year, which was remarkable. But, you know, can they even repeat that uh, based on a really, you know, Kyle Gibson's been great. But, like, you know, in the offseason, not a whole lot of people were thinking he was going to be, uh, you know, a part of a team that played the way Baltimore is playing. Baltimore is for real. The bullpen is for real. The offense is very deep. It's uh, very long in that lineup, so they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And the starting pitching has pitched better than, you know, the names would suggest. And I think they have a ton of confidence after they move that wall back in left field. Um, you know, they play great at home. So, so Baltimore is definitely for real, uh, as is Tampa. And I think, you know, the, and that's obvious, but the next team the, the Jays need to, to hunt down is, is the Yanks, and they need to take advantage right now of the injuries that the Yankees have, the, you know, the, the lack of offense that the Yanks are putting up. But, um, you know, for Toronto, it's, it's not going to be an easy pass to the postseason. I still think they're going to be in it. But, you know, that means one of these teams between Texas and Houston, who are phenomenal clubs, they're both going to be in. But uh, they've got to jump ahead of either the Yankees or Baltimore, and that's not going to be an easy task. Are the Jays a major disappointment to you? Uh, I wouldn't say they're a major disappointment right now. I would say I'm not sure how when I look at this rotation and obviously Manoa has been well-documented with the, with the frustrations there and ho- hopefully he's able to reset it and get back to the big leagues and be a contributor down the stretch. But um, I, I would say I looked at the, ro- you know, if you look at the rotation and Barrios having a better year, I'd say that's been great. Uh, the bullpen has been great. You mentioned Pearson and, you know, Swanson and obviously Romano closing out games. They've been fine. I think offensively, if you would have told me, hey, listen, Bo Bichette, not only is he going to get off to a good start this year, he's going to be fantastic, like the way he finished last year, I would have said, man, the Jays are going to be potentially winning this division. So in, in, in terms of wins and losses, which at the end of the day is really all we care about, yeah, it's been disappointing, but it hasn't been a major disappointment uh, because, you know, here we are, what, like 40% done with the season. There's still a lot of time for them. They, they're not bar- They haven't buried themselves. The Chicago White Sox are a major disappointment. The St. Louis Cardinals mm-hmm. are a major disappointment. You can make an argument for the Padres and Phillies, but, but the Jays have played pretty well, just not what they're capable of. Disappointing, yes, not a major disappointment. Brad, whenever somebody asks you about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., how do you talk about him this season? Yeah, well, this season, um, I'm, not really, I'm not really sure because he's obviously not quite the same guy this year, and I, I don't really know – um, you know, what, what the deal is there. Um, I, I wouldn't think somebody of his caliber would be mm-hmm. super streaky. I'm not, you know, suggesting that he will be, um, you know, from here on out in his career, but this particular season, much like how Boba started. Well, I'll, I'll take that back. Boba really struggled last year for the first two thirds of the season. Uh, Vladdy probably like the blue Jays is, is, you know, he's still got an OPS over 800. He's still playing. Okay but he's just not doing what he's supposed to. So I, I would say this, like the Blue Jays, he's had a disappointing season, but not a majorly disappointing season. And if he gets hot, uh, then all of a sudden this team's going to jump. And, and you can't really you know, blame the, the Blue Jays right now and they're you know, not being great on, on Vladdy. But that being said, probably if he was playing better, he was playing like he normally does, this team is four or five games better. 
Brad, you mentioned the Phillies, you mentioned the Padres, and when you mentioned the Phillies, I thought of a couple of other teams in the in the NL East. One, the Mets. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I'm beginning to think that maybe I, I understand now why they were so in on, on Carlos Correa. I think maybe they were trying to tell us something. Sure. The other team is the Marlins. And uh, yeah. what can you explain those two teams to me? Because again, the Marlins, you know, I, I admit I've kind of followed them a little bit. I looked up and I saw the standings today. I thought, my God, they're, they're actually doing pretty well. Well, they're, they're doing really well. And uh, you know, the, the, the pitching, honestly, it's not uh, Alcantara has not been the same guy he was last year, but it's solid. The pitching is solid. The bullpen is solid. Neither one of those things are you saying, are they, you know, a top 10 in baseball. They're definitely mm-hmm. not. Uh, in fact, they're probably, you know, considering the ballpark, the big ballpark they play in, they're probably, you know, in the bottom third, uh, or at least maybe halfway through on, on both bullpen and starting pitching. Um, it's really hard to explain the win-loss record, especially like if you're a Blue Jays fan and they're, they're doing a lot of things and they have the, you know, they've got the lineup and the roster. The Marlins don't have the lineup or the roster, yet here they are, a lot of games over 500. Luis Arias has been incredibly fun to watch. I mean, he's, you know, put himself in the MVP consideration with what he's doing, hitting around 400. Um, but still, the offense does not scare you one, one bit, I don't think. And I think most people feel that way. They've won an extraordinarily disproportionate, uh, disproportionate amount of one-run games. And, you know, that, that typically is a sign of a, of a good team, but it also could very well be a sign that, Everything has worked out well for them here in the first 40% of the season, and it could easily go the other way in the second half. I'm not suggesting that it will. I just, like, if, if you were asking me, are the Marlins for real, I'd say they're probably playing a little bit over their skis right now. I think they'll come back to 500. Um, I, I think it's hard to, to keep that up with, with one-run games. But, um, you know, that being said, the, you know, the Mets are, you know, going there. That, they're a mess. I mean, you know, for, for the first time this year, I was saying on a radio show, for the first time this year, I am really legitimately concerned. I, you could have had concern earlier. I was trying to pump the brakes on that and say, no, it's still a star-filled roster. It's still a bunch of, you know, you know, uh, you know Justin Verlander, he's old, but he won the Cy Young Award last year. Like, mm-hmm. he's not that old. Uh, Max Scherzer had an awesome year last year. So I was just saying, like, let the season play out. But now here we are, and I am concerned because they don't score runs, and Pete Alonso is going to be out for a long time. Uh, or maybe like a month, and uh, honestly, maybe collectively they've they've just gotten older. I mean, Carlos Carrasco, love him, love his story, but he's 36 also, and he's not pitching great. So the rotation isn't great right now. Kodai Senga has been very good, but he walks a ton of guys, which always scares me. Uh, the bullpen, you know, David Robertson started off awesome, and it was awesome story to watch and everything else. But they need help. I mean, they're. They, they can't they can't hold on to what they're doing out there uh, you know much longer and they're going to need to get uh, some some bullpen help at the deadline but I, I am worried about the Mets I think really they're you know they're in the bottom third offense pitching defense like you can't mm-hmm. be in the bottom third in every category in baseball and be a good team so maybe they're just not a good team Brad who do you think makes the bigger move at the trade deadline the Diamondbacks or the Orioles Well that's a good question. Um, so, so far with the Orioles, like, I think the fans are getting a little bit of, bit stir-crazy there because, like, you know, they had this great season last year and they don't add on. In fact, they take away at the trade deadline uh, last year, which maybe wasn't the worst thing, but then they didn't add on anything in the offseason, and here they are. I, I think Baltimore knows they need uh, a deeper rotation. They need to get better. Um, 
So I wouldn't be surprised if they go get a middle of the rotation type of guy. Um, you know, that's really all they need. Uh, that being said, I think the D-backs understand they are for real, and they really do have a chance to to hold on for a while. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Dodgers will, but I think the D-backs will be a playoff team. The D-backs are extremely top-heavy in that rotation. I mean, they've got a great one-two punch with Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, but after that, it is really a big drop-off. And so they desperately need to get middle-of-the-rotation guys, but they could also use – the bullpen's been good, but they could also use, like, a legit closer – uh, like Baltimore has, for example. And so I think, I think the D-backs will do more because they, they have to know in a very mediocre National League, they have a legit path of getting to the playoffs. And Corbin, uh, Corbin Carroll is going to be in the MVP conversation too. Yeah. Like that dude's been crazy. So they, they, uh, you know, I, I think they do more than Baltimore. Great answer. Uh, Shohei Otani has started to make some comments about uh, – his workload talking, you kind of opened the door to having a discussion about having a little more fatigue this year because of his increased workload on the mound. And, you know, I'm sure uh, a lot of people are going to look at this and go, okay, this is, you know, it, it's a fine, there's a, it, there's a balance here for the Anaheim angels, right? Uh, at, at some point we all know the decision that Shohei Otani is going to have to make the decision that Anaheim's going to have to make. And I think the concern there is, if this is a sign that Otani's already kind of saying, you know, do I really want to? Do I really want to go through all this for a team that's going to finish fourth? Right? You know, do, do 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 I need to look ahead a little bit more? Do you think that anything's happened this year that will change the Angels' approach with Otani at the deadline, or, or do you think they're just they're you're just going to have to hang on to him? Well, you know, I think the thing that's changing right now at least and i don't know how long they can hold on to this but they're five games over 500 Mm -hmm. um and that is not you know a place they typically are maybe this time of year they're normally kind of meandering somewhere a little bit below 500 but if they if they keep going and they're ahead of seattle right now and it's you know it's not going to be an easy path but if they can continue to play seven or eight games over 500 at the deadline you know, I think I think the front office and ownership have to go out there and get help, and that's a different story than they've done in the past. Because right. look, it makes every bit of sense to try and trade Otani at the deadline, business-wise, but they can't do it. I mean, the fans are just going to be mutinous if that happens. I mean, you, 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 they have a legitimate shot uh, if they add on to have Trout and Otani in the postseason. Again, it won't be an easy path, but they could do it. Um, and I think that you know, I don't know if they're going to. I think. Otani's fatigue is real, and I will tell you that, you know, watching him pitch in the World Baseball Classic, I mean, I, I did that in 2006, the first one we ever had, and it, I, I can tell you it was the longest season of my career after that. It just felt like you, you just couldn't really get right. The amount of adrenaline he had early on, it's like being in the postseason, and all of a sudden you got 162 games of the regular season. It's hard to get through, so the fatigue with him is real. Um, I think he could amp it up toward the end of the season, but they've got to be careful with him right now uh, if he's feeling tired, you know, the next thing is a potential injury, and then you've lost any possible trade chip and your guy that's going to get you to the postseason. So uh, they've got to be super careful with him right now. It wouldn't surprise me if he skips a start here and there over the next month, and uh, it'll be hard for the Angels to keep playing playoff caliber baseball if he does, but I think it would be the right move for him. I just saw uh, all-star voting just came out. Do players pay attention to that this time of the year? Um, I, I think may, I think certain guys do. I think certain guys do. I, I'd be, yeah. you know, lying if I said nobody pays attention to that. Uh, but I think a lot of guys also know that it's kind of, you know, it's not something in their control, and they just kind of need to put their heads down. And hopefully, 
hopefully the voting will go the way they want. But, yeah, I think they they do. Some guys do more than others would be the best way to say it. But it's, it's always an interesting thing for sure to see, you know, who's the, who's the popular guy yeah. among, among the fans. I mean, I, it's, uh, you know, players take notice of it. I was just wondering because Vladdy is leading the first baseman's the American League. He's not having a, a, a great year. I mean, he's having a good year. I just wonder if he goes, man, really? I, I know he's popular, but, you know, there's a little bit of that going where, you know, I need to step it up a little bit. This is, you know, I wonder about that. That's all. I've never been a part of that. That's why I ask you. Yeah, yeah no, that's a, that's a good question. And I think I'm trying to think of the landscape of uh, a first baseman in the American League right now. And I think it's kind of a down year uh, overall. But, yeah. um, you know, that being said, Vladdy's a very popular figure in baseball. And a lot of people, you know, love him. Uh, and I think that, you know, that alone is that alone is going to get him as long as he's not hurt or having a horrendous season. That alone is probably going to put him toward the top. And, you know, it, it, it would be interesting. I think, you know, maybe I, I, I would think for him, let me back it up. I think for him, he's probably not a guy that pays a ton of attention to that. Uh, it just seems like it's kind of out of his uh, character to be really, you know, intimately looking at the all-star voting. But I'm sure he's aware uh, you know, that he's toward the top, and I'm sure he's aware that, you know, fans love him. Yep. Brad, really good of you to join yeah. us, my friend. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you bet, guys. My pleasure. Have a good one. Go you Nuggets. Too. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. <laughs> it's awesome. Brad Lidge is host of Loud Outs and MLB Network Radio, former MLB closer. The Nuggets, of course, led by Jamal Murray. Of- Absolutely. No question. I'm still – I. I'm a Jimmy Buckets guy, so I kind I'd kind of like I'd like to see the Heat win it, but they're not gonna. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. They're not. Gonna. No, no. I kind of like to see the Heat win. It ain't happening. You can keep saying it, but it ain't. No. <laughs> it ain't but you know happen. what is gonna happen? What's that? We're gonna go to the back leg How line. About it. There you go. Uh, the number is four one six four one three three nine five nine. It's your chance to leave comments, questions for Kevin Barker before before but you go he, to it. Have you have you ever he, heard a player talk about that? The all star voting and and look, I'm on it. I shouldn't be on. Have you ever heard anybody? Because it's just I'm intrigued a little by it. Most of like you'd be walking by it and go, you know, really. I think most guys have a bonus for it. I think just about everybody. So yeah, I would. Don't think anybody's going to turn down. Well, obviously not. But I wonder, right? Like you're you're having an okay season. You're not having a great. Like it's and you're leading in your position. Like most guys. No, you know what? Maybe I I think most guys. Most guys realize that it's a popularity contest. And I think most players take it in that light. And, and, and really given the way the teams are chosen now, the number of guys who get quote unquote stiffed per year, not that many. Yeah, it's not. There really isn't. No, like there may be the odd guy who is a good player in a team that's already got four guys going. Fans get it right most of the time. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, fans, they're, they're, most of the time the fans pick guys who are stars. Sure. And and and, not, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with I'm that. I'm not arguing it. I'm just, I no, wonder. I don't. That's all. I, I think, I I mean, I don't know. I, I would feel it's an honor to be chosen by the fans. Oh, no question. Um, no question. But at the same time, but there you is know, a little of that. Boy, I need to get. And at it the going. same time, I have an, I have no problem. Oh, I see. I because I was going to say at the same time, I have no problem with the dude who's gone to like nine All Star games. Going, you know what? I may, uh, I might need, I might need the week. I might take the week this year and 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 let let someone else go. But I don't think Vlad. I mean, it's a nice round number. You know. The, 
I mean, you talk about moving a dude in the rota- in the order making any difference. Is Vladdy leading the all-star vote going to make him a little yeah, more selective at the, the plate? I'm not saying that's the case, but you can tell he's frustrated. Yeah. Like it's visible. Well, he should be. Yeah. Well, okay. He should that's be. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm not trying to pick on him. Yes, you are. I know you're not. <laughs> Robin Sidney, Nova Scotia. Go no. ahead. I just think something's going to happen with the team to produce more runs. I would make my line Springer, Kiermaier, Bichette, Vlad, Barshow, or Belt, then Chapman, and then I put Mirafield in nine to help come into the lead up yeah. part of the year. Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, the, you're not. You're not. Like, that's okay. I'd like, love Kiermaier in the number two spot. I'm okay with that, too. Gets on base. He creates havoc. The only thing I would say is rather get him getting an at-bat in the ninth inning than Vladdy. That's the, that's the thing, even though Vladdy yeah. is not Vladdy. I, that's the only. That's the only right. And you'd have Kiermaier coming up in the first inning instead of Vladdy, and that's usually when the really good pitchers have the issue. Is the first inning. I like what you're selling. I like the fact that Kiermaier on set. You know, Kiermaier could be in base. Uh, see, I like the, the, still like the flip flop to two. Put Vladdy in the two hole and put Bo in the three hole. That's just me. I w- I would I would be okay with Bo in the three or the four hole. I did this this thing of Vladdy getting a say so and. I have to hurry at home to get my batting gloves yeah. on. Yeah, days is over. At, at this point, days is over, but yeah. yeah, at this <laughs> yeah. point, run faster. At, at, <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, but yeah. at the, but at this point, you are employee number twenty-seven. There it is, bud. You really there are employee number twenty-seven at this there point. There you go, Tim and Kitchener. I'm curious your thoughts on the Jays' third base coach. Is Uh-oh. Louis being too conservative this season? It's a tough position to judge someone at but it feels like at times maybe he isn't pressing as much as he could with the runners. John had stated at the start of the season he wanted to be more aggressive on the, aggressive on the bases, and if you look back to Friday's loss, if Louis sends Santee to test a bang-bang play at the plate oh. on Springer's double in the ninth and it works, the Jays are another win in the column. Even if it doesn't work, hopefully Springer gets the third on, a, on the uh, play and the Jays would still had a runner on third with only one out against a tough closer in the ninth. Curious your thoughts. Was that was that? I mean, I, like, I would, would Bo would be coming up next, or was that Springer pinch? I was trying. I'm trying to remember. He said Springer. Yeah, yeah, well, that would have been Bo. I think he was pinch hitting for yeah. somebody in the nine hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, also I think if, if you remember correctly, we were doing the show after the game, and people were yelling and screaming about the contact play with yeah. Espinal on third, and Kirky hits the little ground ball, or not the little ground. He hit it pretty hard to second baseman, yeah. and he sort of dove for it, and they're asking why. With nobody out and a runner on third with the meat of the order meat. coming up. there, I mean. See, I was going to say this. I, I I was surprised at the start of the year that the Jays weren't as aggressive on the bases as I thought they were. I think they're pretty aggressive right now. I think Kiermaier, Varsho, and Merrifield um, are pretty are, are pretty aggressive. I'm, but I, I mean, Santiago Espinal is not a speedster. Like I, and, and I'm sure the caller. If they would have sent and he gets thrown out and they don't score a run and say Springer doesn't make it to third and it's one out with a runner on second, we all know how that goes. I'm gonna We've say seen this, that though. a lot. I'm going to say this. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to say this in defense of Luis Rivera. Put yourself in his position. And this is, again, I'm not dumping on Vladdy, but he's got Vladdy. And he's got Chapman. Those are the guys that are coming up and belt. Those are the guys he has to to think of when you're talking about those guys at the bottom of the order or the top of the order. Mm. It's got to be 
I understand that a third base coach can only read the play, but you're you are also aware of the dude on deck. And I got to think that it's hard. It's hard to be Luis Rivera when Vladdy's there and and, yeah, and, and Chapman's there. And, everything you need to know where and, you're at in the lineup. I but get, in the middle of the I, order, it's just I, not. I, there's not a lot going on. What do you do if you're Luis Rivera? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, but I haven't. You know, I haven't. I'm more concerned with the things that bother me are the you know the attention to detail stuff, the mistakes that I see. Those are the things that bother me more than than a yeah. lack of aggressiveness. But I mean, I will say, if Vladdy's going to continue to you know roll over and hit singles, I, I may have to. If I'm the Jays, I may have to. Attention to detail will be thrown out the window I, if I, they get better with runners and scoring. I may have to adjust my window. thinking if he can. And that, out and, the window. And that's the other thing you mentioned that in general, this team does not hit with runners and they scoring position because and that's of approaches. Also that Luis has to some bad luck in there too. Yeah, sequencing and all that. I mean, you just well, it's about who's coming up. Who shouldn't be hitting? I mean, they—they, they, uh, we all know. Like it's that—that's why he, John, and the khakis are trying to move around the order to sort of push their luck in the right direction, right? They—they they have all kinds of numbers that say this guy in this position in the order comes up a lot with runners in scoring position. You're yeah. trying to put your best guy in that spot. So, a lot of it. That's why I say a lot of it's luck. But boy, it would help. How it. long do you think they? How long do you think they stick with Vladdy down there? Did if if Belt's ha- healthy, did they go hitting clean up third, whatever hitting clean up? Do you think that's something that they do? Or once Belt's back, yeah, I think I think if Belt's back and he's hitting, he's hitting third. The only reason Vladdy's hitting clean up is because Belt's a better hitter today. All right, that's the only reason. I mean, right. let's be honest. Say it like it is. There's no there's no question about that. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just wondering if uh, you know, if you're John. And you've had an off day to think about. I don't. You're doing some begging. You're John. You're doing some. You're you're saying your prayers a little louder at night. Uh, That is it for us today. Again, no Blue Jays baseball tonight. We will be back tomorrow from 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet. As always, if you're listening to us via podcast, please rate and review. And again, if you want to. The back leg line is 416-413-3959. Feel free to give us a call. Leave a message for Parker. Take care.